Welcome to episode 9 of the Get Better Basketball podcast. Today we have Ryan Reader on to talk about his playing career at Westlake Boys High School, his transition from player to coach, as well as sharing his thoughts on anxiety and how anxiety can impact a sporting career and young athletes. Ryan also shares his thoughts on how coaches can impact players positively and negatively. Thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. I hope you enjoy it. All right, welcome to episode nine. Again, I always get it wrong, but anyway, um, today we have Ryan Reader. If Ryan Reader, could you please introduce yourself? Let everybody know a little about you and, and what you're about. What's up, guys? I'm Ryan Reader. Um, I went to Westlake from year nine to year thirteen. I played Prem's basketball in year thirteen. I'm currently at AUT studying sport and recreation under the sport next science major. And yeah, I'm a coach at Harbour now. So yeah. Nice. Well, you've got one of those names that like you have to say the last name at the yeah. same time as well. I, yeah, my nickname's normally Rita. They never say my first name. It's just Rita. <laughs> it flows. I see you, you yeah, got right. like a, did you cut your own hair or what? Oh, damn, bro. Um, nah, it's my mate. My mate cut it for me. Yeah. <laughs> he he kind of he he like fucked it up and then I kind of like sussed it out a little bit, but it's still pretty it's not. Boring. It's not bad. I, I'm <laughs> wearing a hat. Mine's terrible. Um, anyway, let's get into it. So... Tell me a little about your basketball career. How did you start playing basketball? How did I start playing basketball? Um, so I started in primary. Mm-hmm. I think it must have, I think it must have been about year three or four. But I, I did start way earlier than that. I just went to like the local basketball um, courts playing five and five against like older dudes, like yeah. men. Yeah. I was like six or seven playing against older men, and it was just me and my big brother. Correct. Yeah, that's pretty much how. How it all started. I, I was always known as like a, not always known, but like, I got, I have like a sh- kind of shooter's touch. Mm. I, I was always like a shooter when I was younger, mm. but never, I never drove inside against those old men. I was like, I'm not getting absolutely <laughs> fucked up. Swatted. So, <laughs> yeah. how, how, what's the age difference between you and your brother? A big brother? Um, yeah. Four years. Okay. So, did he sort of like introduce you to the game almost? Like, yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Right, right. But also so like watching would... like NBA and stuff. So kind of introduced mm. me everything. Mm. So you start playing sort of year three and four, like, or earlier than that, just kind of mucking around and sort of your big brother yeah. takes you to the courts and you just hoop? Yeah, pretty much. And that's when I started uh, primary school ball too with all my mates. It was probably like the best experience <laughs> I've ever had. Yeah. Now, all right. So tell me about that. What was primary school basketball like for you? Where did you go to primary school and all that? I went to primary, um, Northcote Primary. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was known as mini ball, right? And we had yeah, to yeah, stand at half ball. court or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was pretty fun. I don't really remember too much from it, but all I know is that it was like a, a pretty mean experience. No left hand, obviously. No layups, <laughs> just jacking up shots, passing the ball around, you know. Pretty right. much all I have the memory of. Right. So would you say like you really fell in love with the game quite early? on in life like you started playing quite early yeah definitely i did play a lot more sports yeah. other than basketball such as like football rugby cricket badminton yeah. table tennis all this sort of like shit <laughs> but yeah. it was basketball that i really fell in love with i i don't know something was, about it eh? that was my next question is like how many other sports did you play growing up because i have this random interest in that like a lot of the these top sport athletes have all got some random soccer background it's very interesting if, yeah, like, if, I, was, I, don't if, know. if I was going to do any phd study I'd, I'd look into that about how football is like the base of everything so like 
what 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 do you think if you had because there was an interesting podcast yesterday where they had Steve Kerr, uh, the Seahawks coach and some baseball guy, I forget their names. Oh, and yeah. they're talking yeah. about how, like, how Steph and all them played multiple sports. So what do you think the impact of playing all those different sports had on you uh, and your basketball career, especially early on, like playing what, – what other sports did you play and what impact do you think those sports had? So I started off playing football and rugby yeah. and all those sort of like – Classic yeah. Kiwi sports. Yeah. Classic Kiwi sports, yeah. And then I hit basketball, but basketball didn't really hit me like as much as I thought it would have mm. when I was younger. And then heading into like intermediate, that's when I really started kicking off. Believe it or not, I was actually one of the best Rubik's Cube solvers in <laughs> <laughs> intermediate. Believe it or not. Oh, no. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, I think the impact it had on me playing those other sports is kind of like, I don't know, it made me want to play basketball a lot more than all those other sports. Why is kinda that? Like, um, I don't know, just the love for the game, I guess. All the hmm. it was just, a, and it was just a lot more like I had NBA coming on, coming home every day hmm. on the TV and all that sort of stuff. Didn't really watch rugby or cricket or anything. Okay, so what yeah. was your family family situation like in terms of, of sport? Was your family like big on sport or was it like your big brother controlled the TV so NBA is always on? Like what was that like for you? Well, well my mom always always signed me up to the team. Even though I didn't want to do it, she just signed <laughs> me up for the team. She's just one of those moms. Yeah. Um, but what was the other question, sorry? No, I was sort of saying like what was the sport situation like in, in your house? If you're saying the NBA is always on, like – is that because your family was basketball mad or your your big brother's controlling the TV so ESPN's oh. always on or what? Yeah, it was just my big brother. I never got All the right. control of the remote days. <laughs> always basketball. Yeah, that's dope. Um, but so, yeah, primary school, play a lot of sports, sort of the, the general sort of thing that happens in primary school. Parents sort of sign you yeah. up and you just kind of go because mum said so. Go with the flow, that's yeah. That's kind of how it works, yeah. Um, so you really started picking, I'm assuming, you like you say, you started picking up basketball intermediate. What intermediate were you at, by the way? I was at Ponsonby Intermediate. Ponsonby, wow. Strangely enough, yeah. The OG Ponsonby, crack up. Um, yeah, bro. So what was that like playing at, at Ponsonby? Because I know working at the YMCA, the, the, the Ponsonby teams are usually pretty good. Um, so what was that like in, in year seven and eight playing at Ponsonby? Um, um, sort of how, did, how did that impact your game? Uh, so I did, I did play both years. I remember in yeah. the first year, seven year, I was in the top team playing with all my mates. Like every single one of my mates made the team. I don't know how. It was just the fun, most funny experience. But mm. And then when I hit year eight, I didn't make the top team. And it was just like the most detrimental thing to me. It was just so, <laughs> yeah. I was so sad and everything. But like, I wish I would have taken like, I wish I would have acted different. Because I, like, I was just so mad, you know. Oh, maybe it was just because I was so young, but... Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, not really too much about it. But I don't really have too much memory of it. But. No, fair, fair. It was a while ago. This is like seven, eight yeah. years ago. That's all good. <laughs> um, it's just sort of interesting to sort of start to to. Everyone sort of has that that moment, I think, in their in their career where something goes wrong, whether it's being cut from a team or an injury or something like that. And it's interesting. To and see. it's like the way you control it. Yeah. Yeah. Either the you way use you it as motivation, or you yeah, or you just give up. Yeah. So not making the top team in year eight, do you think that had like a huge p 
positive impact on the rest of your basketball journey or do you think it was really negative for you i reckon it was really positive um but i've also had like a lot of those moments in my career yeah <laughs> i mean i don't know if i want to uh so i'll name them off so i never ever did make a top half basketball team yeah and i've played i played for about three or four years i was always in that b team mm. but and then heading into westlake like year nine and to through to like 11 there was like two teams that were kind of like split up you know how they do with harvard now how they like split mm, all the good mm. players and all that it was kind of mm. like that from year nine to 11 because of the sports institute thing mm. and then um heading into year 12 i was in the second top team with kane alex freeman oh no alex freeman um kind of like all those taylor yang i don't know if you know all these guys but no but yeah <laughs> yeah and then heading into my last year, uh, I did make the Prince basketball team, but um, the thing that got me like, like overthinking, or, like didn't really like, I kind of lost the love of game of basketball. Was not getting much minutes for my coach. Mm. Mm. That was one of the things that really hit me really hard, and I didn't even really too much about it. I didn't do anything about it, which really hurts me now. Yeah. But yeah. It's interesting to hear, it's almost like a, I wouldn't say negative, but like the experience of sort of not, it's sort like of a roller sitting, coaster, you know? yeah, sort of um, like setting out our goals and then not necessarily achieving them, um, yeah. which is tough. So ultimately, like the, the cool thing is you're still involved with the game, but how did that, especially I think, so obviously you're at Westlake and it would be good to talk about um, the start of that, but we'll get into that in a minute, but how, how do you think yeah. that not making that A team and then when you do make a Prems team, not having a huge role um how did how does that affect you mentally like how did how did you feel in the moment and and um and sort of yeah i guess how did you feel in the moment with that how did that make you feel so at first i was like super like i was super super excited that i made the team because i put it i put in a leap unbelievably huge amount of work before that yeah it was crazy but like yeah when i made it it was super relieving and yeah and then um kind of like the first game we, we rock in, this is kind of like a little story that I'm going to come into, but um, my first game, first thing, St. Peter's, St. Peter's at home, I was coming off the bench, as soon as I come on, I airball a three, and that's, <laughs> I was, like those little jitters, I, yeah. I, I was just like, oh god, because we were, um, we had the biggest crowd I think I've ever seen, mm. and I was just, because it was our first home game at Westlake, so. Yeah, and that kind of like set set like set the tone off for the like the rest of the year, kind of mm. like not not playing many minutes, kind of just sitting on the bench watching everyone play. It wasn't like really the best feeling ever, but yeah, kind of how it, how it rolled. Mm. So real quick, was this in the new Westlake gym or is this still in the old gym? And the new gym, new gym. Okay, right. I so. Sort of walk me through that of, of obviously when you play in the Harbour Comp, you, you play at North Shore Event Centre or Event Finder Stadium, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and there's kind of like mum and dad and that's it in the crowd. And then all of a sudden yeah. you go to uh, Westlake Prams, Westlake at home. Westlake home games are pretty crazy. It's probably the, cra oh, probably the craziest probably, home games probably the, yeah. of Prams, to be honest. Um, most Prams yeah. games are pretty, not 
bad, but it's like, you know, Westlake crowds are always the loudest and craziest. So sort of <laughs> walk me walk me through that of of what, what what your mentality and what your what really what your experience was going into that first Prem's game. You know, what were you thinking? What are you doing to prepare mentally and etc. Um we're good to hear about that. So coming into my first game on the drive there, I had these like little jitters. I was so anxious, but yep. like I, tr- I like had to force myself to stay locked in. Mm. Like I knew there was going to be a big crowd because in the assembly, like in the assembly, they announced it and they said that everyone should be there and all this sort of stuff. So I went into the locker room, got changed, still had my earphones in, yep. still jamming. And then once we hit the um, the layup lines, that's when like <laughs> anxiety went through a whole new level. <laughs> it was yeah. Yeah. holy, but like. I don't know. It kind of like, it like the, the anxiety levels fell. It's like progressing through the layup lines, I guess. Mm. Cause I was kind of like feeling my dribbles, feeling my like handles, feeling my shot. Mm. Went for a few dunks here and there. And then I was kind of like, <laughs> okay, okay, fine. And then not starting or like being put on the bench, it like made me sit there for like a couple minutes, kind of like thinking about, how like everyone's going to react when I go on. Like you, you have all these feelings that go mm. through your mind. Mm. But yeah, come and then that's when like the story came in where I was airballing my first three and then it had like <laughs> had a pretty big impact on me. Eh? I always mm. I still look at look onto it now and huddle. It's still there. Oh, have a look at that airball three. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> but in the moment, I thought it was absolutely yeah, terrible because um I don't mm. know if you know Alex Anslow. Yeah, yeah, I know, Alex. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He did this, um, this kind of impacts the whole thing, but uh, he did this crazy, like, 360 through the legs, and he biffed it out to me. I was wide open. Everyone was like, oh! And then I able the three, and then that's kind of how, yeah, hmm. how it started up. Yeah. That's tough. But, yeah, it's interesting to sort of talk about because um, I mean, playing in a in a in a, in a first game for for a new team, regardless, is often quite anxiety inducing. It can be quite nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, but then you like you say you get into layup lines, you kind of get the ball rolling. I think the first the first question I have is is was that really the first team where you came off the bench? Were you always a starter? No, I, I always came off the bench. To be honest. Okay. Um, right. But there, um, during my uh, prem season, I did drop down like there was a few games where i dropped down to the second team and play a few games for them because um okay, my coach right. felt sorry for me for not actually playing me <laughs> so so he dropped me down and then that's when i started that's mm. when i hit like a couple games i had like 30 point games in that league mm. i don't know what league it was it was like the um probably like open the, the long bay league long yeah bay. it'd be open yeah yeah, yeah. that's when we reversed, we actually versed rosmany um second rosmany team it was pretty funny because mm. I know most of those guys in the Rosemary team from Harbour. So yeah. So what ultimately? What do you think the difference was between prems where you're coming off the bench and, and not performing how you want to versus dropping thirty points and opens every game? Like, what do you think the biggest difference is? Definitely, ah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It could be the atmosphere. It could be the people reversing. Mm. But I don't know. The, the anxiety kind of like did carry over but as okay. soon as you hit your first bu- as soon as you hit your first bucket then you are absolutely fine i find mm. it mm. But you kind of settle the, you kind of settle the game mm. 
the reason I want to talk about this is I think a lot of players feel exactly the same. Like the most oh, common issue, yeah. Holy. The most common issue I hear, and I don't know about you, is it's just like I feel nervous, I feel anxious, I feel this and that. Like it's never really like, oh, coach, what's wrong with my jump shot? It's coach, I'm feeling like nervous, I'm I'm like anxious about this game yeah, and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. Like I talked to one of my players last year, and and it was a discussion of you know where is the anxiety come coming from, and and he said he he felt like it came from. Um, the expectations of our team and i was like well maybe that's my fault maybe i need to be better yeah. as a coach to change the expectations so it's interesting to think about where anxiety comes from um, and it's interesting to say like if you're playing like i said at insect you know mom and dad maybe some females and, and yeah. male friends you know but <laughs> not a huge crowd yeah. and you go to like the Westlake crowds are insane like it's I just def- i definitely like, think i definitely think the anxiety comes from oh in terms of my perspective it came from not being like the best player in the team. Oh, like and during uh, trainings, okay. during trainings, I was always, I wasn't the best, but I always got like verbally shouted at kind of in a thing. If I did something wrong, I was kind of like the mm. Mario Thomas, LeBron James, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, bro. But, and then that, like, if you stuff something like so little, then they'll just shout at you. So I like, literally you can't really, yeah kind of how it went mm, mm. so now that like you like you said before you you're coaching now how has that experience of playing westlake prims and all that and being shouted at and whatnot how has that changed how you coach um it's actually gone pretty positively yeah because you now mm. instead of not having having any control over the game you kind of have some kind of sort of control over the game you can control your teammates you can control how they react how they mm. play how they do all that sort of stuff so what i implement into my coaching guys is never shout your teammates never do that because i don't want them to experience what i ever experienced in my mm. years at westlake yeah mm. kind of how i went about it in mm. my coaching um because that's an interesting thing of like you know oftentimes the the ex the ex players they sort of coach how they were coached so they tend to do the same um, yeah, yeah some definitely. players if, you, if you're the top player and you get shouted at like it's probably fine you're going to continue to play well but if you're trying to build yeah. that confidence and you're constantly getting that negative reinforcement that you, what you're doing is wrong that can have a yeah. huge impact on you whereas if you're oh. dropping 30 points and coach says you suck like oh, you miss a layup. i don't go i'm dropping 30 points like doesn't matter yeah you know you, exactly. you go fuck yourself i'm getting a scholarship anyway um <laughs> But if you're that bottom 12th guy, it's tough. And I think um, like oftentimes those 12th guys who, who are getting used to that sort of end up being the best coaches because they know what it feels like. They know what the majority of yeah, players yeah, feel yeah, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Because in the, you're, the people like you who are sort of the 12th man or in the majority, there's, there's two, three players on a team who are the best guys and then the next nine or eight, yeah. exactly the same. So it's like, uh, it's interesting to see how that does carry over to your coaching yeah. and sort of trying to, build a build a culture where you know being not negative but you know not yelling and doing it in the right way is is important yeah and, and for those so, guys that like are like kind of like the 12th man mm. um what i didn't that's kind of like a like what i didn't do what what you guys should do um what i think uh like i didn't really go at the number one to number like three players which yeah. i should have done Mm. If 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 you show the coach that you are wanting to kill the number like number one to number three guys, then that kind of like sets a tone, and we like 
where your confidence is, where you're, mm. where you want to go, how, how good you want to be. Yeah. It's kind mm. of so you're advice. saying like in training, if you're one of those guys who's not the top dude, your goal should be just to guard the best player on the team, try and do like, your best. Have, yeah, exactly. That's what mm. I'm not just shying away from like the challenge. Mm. 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 That's dope. So let's sort of talk about now the sort of the early years of, of Westlake basketball and what that was like for you. So what was sort of year nine and year 10 like for you in high school in terms of basketball? I was, I was actually prepared for this one for you to ask <laughs> this. Um, so my year nine, my first couple games, um, I actually didn't go to them because I was actually that anxious. Really? Wow. So what? Yeah. Um, but then as soon as you settle in, then you're fine. It kind of like sets the tone for the... I wasn't really like a like a scorer, I guess. Mm. I was more pronounced for like... Probably just grabbing rebounds. Kind of like the glue guy in a sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I get you. Yeah, like but, a dream on kind of player. Like you do the little things. Yeah. It's kind of year 9 and 10. And then there was one game where my coach actually started me. And I was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> really? He, he yeah. like kind of, I was like super happy that he actually started me to this day i don't know do you know adrian day no i don't know if you heard the name but yeah it's probably the best coach i've ever had Mm. let's talk about that what made adrian day the best coach you ever had i don't know he gave me this sort of freedom i can do whatever i want sort of thing Mm. he gave all our players we can kind of do what we want but if we do he had the sort of playing scheme that I don't know. Yeah, we can pretty much just do what we want. And he heard all these plays and all this sort of stuff so we can run freely. And yeah, it was it kind of made the game a lot more funner than, mm. than just running play every single play. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's funny. Every player I talk to and, and I, you know, I, I have this conversation a lot um, with, with players of like, you know, what's your favorite experience of basketball so far? And almost always it's, oh, my coach last year let me do whatever I wanted to. They gave everyone a green yeah. light. Yeah. They played everyone, yeah. you know, f- not equal minutes, but they played everybody fairly. You know, if, you, if you're putting in lots of work, you're going to play more. If you're being lazy, yada, yada, yeah. um, it's, it's interesting how as a coach, you have that. I think we, we forget that as coaches, you have the huge impact on players and you can make it very stressful. Like I remember one time, I mean, I won't name names and name things, but I was at a training and, and the coach was running this team through this all this these set plays and a player came up to me and asked, oh, what do I do here? And I'm like, I'm even lost, you know? I'm supposed yeah, to be an assistant exactly. coach here, and I'm lost too. Yeah. Like this is, con- I'm even mm-hmm. confused. Um, so it's <laughs> it's interesting that the you know as coaches sometimes some coaches tend to coach like how they were coached, and then some players, especially those guys who like you're saying were weren't the top one to three guys, were sort of you know in, in between or, or towards the end of the bench. Yeah. Um, you know how it feels, and you you know what it's like to be restricted and be confused, and that can cause a lot of anxiety and, and therefore have a huge yeah. impact on your performance. Um, but that's cool having a coach like like Adrian who's who's there to say, go do your thing, be confident, like let's have fun. That's dope. Oh, there, um, there was also he he was like, kind of like my coach from like for like a couple of years, and mm. it, when he was there in year twelve, I, um, our whole team was kind of like balanced throughout the whole team. We had never had any bad players. We didn't have any good players, so we were kind of balanced out all the way through. Yeah. And there was one game. Uh, Kane was in the team too. A big shout out to Kane. Shout um, <laughs> there was one game straight after the game. I had probably the best game I ever had up to my yeah. like in my career. And then after yeah. the game, he told me, um, 
say? He said, like, you are the guy or something. He said some, something along those lines, yeah. like, you're, you're going to be yeah. the guy. We're going to run through yeah. you. And I was like, holy shit. Like, this is really going to be a big step up. Mm. And yeah. I haven't really actually told anyone that. So that's, if anyone goes through this podcast, then you, if you find <laughs> it, then. <laughs> Shout out, Adrian. Yeah. But that's the thing as a coach is, like, can you empower one through 10 or 12 or whatever many players you have? Yeah. Um, you know, can you have, because again, like, how long was that interaction with you and your coach when he said that? Like straight after the game, it would have been like 30. He didn't really say much. It would have been like yeah. probably 15 to 30 seconds probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's amazing as a coach, you can literally kill someone's confidence in that amount of time Just, or build them up yeah. in that amount of time. Like exactly. one sentence. It's, and it carries on throughout the rest of their life. It's so crazy, I reckon. Mm, um, like, there was also some interactions with my coach where we could take everything to like a personal level. He would yeah. just, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty outstanding. And it definitely carries throughout today where I coach, when I coach my guys, mm. I definitely touching them on a personal level brings, mm. brings it to a whole new level when actually talking to them. Mm. Yeah. And not, not treating your players like, um, you know, like they're there to serve you. If that makes sense. Like, like you're, you're only there for like, so if you're like at a kind of like, nationals right you're only there so adrian was the coach that would be there at the games and off the games there are some coaches that i know that only just go to the games and actually not hang out with them yeah like yeah. outside of the games mm. which i find yeah is important um and it can be hard sometimes uh, especially if like like I, for example last year at hobswell point when i was interning it was very easy especially with the other teams they'd come hang out in the office during the free period um, but if yeah. you know, yeah. if you're a dad or someone who's who's older, it's it's kind of hard to do that. But someone who can find that balance of like, I'll be there for the game, and then we can talk afterwards. Even if it's just like yeah. you say, a 15, 30 second interaction of something positive, um, you know, get a touch and, and and just say, hey man, you're the man. Like we're gonna run everything through exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. Trying to empower your players is huge. So that's that's dope that you speak on that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's that's really important. So the next thing I want to get into is sort of describe what the, the year 11 and year 12 years was like. So you say Adrian was your coach. Was he your coach for 11 and 12 as well? Yeah. Okay, sweet. That's cool. So you had the, basically the same coach for the whole of high school, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. And, oh, and then so. year 13, I had Zach Fitzgerald. That was right. Right. So let's walk through um, like year 11, year 12. Like what teams did you play for at Westlake and, and what was that experience like? at Westlake with Adrian as your coach and playing with, it sounds like a lot of your friends, you know, guys like Kane and, and whatnot. Yeah. I definitely, I, I think it was one of the, one of the best experiences I've ever had, but mm. in terms of the anxiety thing, it wasn't really too great. But other than that, yeah, I reckon it was super fun because all the guys that were in my team, we would hang out at lunchtime, hang out at morning awesome. tea. Yeah. 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 So we had that sort of connection that we had mm. and we were actually, we were hang, hang outside, outside school. Mm. But, um, yeah pretty much that that's dope so at that same time like how what what years did you play for harbour so you played for harbour from like what year 9 to 12 or what um I started under 16 what is that oh no yeah under 16 okay yeah is that is that year 10 year 9 year 10 probably year 9 you would have been like 15 probably Unless you're hella old, yeah. but you're hella young, so no. Under sixty, yeah. Chris Simpson was my coach. He was right. He was actually another good coach that I really enjoyed. Not many people enjoy Chris Simpson, but I really <laughs> enjoyed. 
than Coach what, what made you enjoy? What was enjoyable about him as well? Um, he was always the kind of so he was he's an ex tall black player. Dope. Yeah. Um, and he's the coach that always shouts and always gets these technicals and I don't know, <laughs> it's like, something about it that I loved that he had like a passion for the game. Mm, mm. Yeah, I was about to say like I think when you have a coach that's passionate. Sometimes, like, there's a difference between being angry and negative all the time and being, like, really passionate mm. and, like, you can yeah. say positive things in a negative way. That sounds odd, but, like, I see what you're saying because like, I had a similar yeah, experience with, wasn't my, like, team coach, but with Milos, who did a lot of my, the play development stuff with me. A lot of people didn't like him because he's very angry all the time, but, like, for me, it was yeah. a passionate, I want you to be better angry, not, like, if you, you suck angry, definitely. if that makes sense. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah. like, honestly, as a player, like, that's kind of enjoyable. I don't, you know, sometimes... <laughs> When it yeah. comes from the right place and from the right person, it's fine. It, but, you know, you've got, again, yeah. I think you probably, would you say you had a really good relationship with, with him? Yeah, definitely. I still talk mm. to him now. Dope. Dope. <laughs> Dope. Yeah. There um, you go. What is it? And also, that kind of that kind of harbor experience I really enjoyed was creating, like, relationships with different players from different schools. Mm. I reckon mm. that was, that's definitely one of the bigger, like, I had so many Rosmany teammates and we would verse them Westlake versus Rosmany we'll kind of have this kind of urge to go at each other but also right. have that like relationship off off the court if you, if you know mm. what I mean mm. but yeah but that's cool and then like again when you talk about that the yelling side of it if you have a, a really solid relationship with um that coach it's like one thing um Maury who's the principal at Hopsville Point one thing he taught me is it's like you view it like every person you have an emotional piggy bank right Every time you say something positive, you put a donation in. And the whole point is if, yeah. you, if you're if you a coach and I try to take money out of the piggy bank and there's no money in there, that's when you start hating the coach and not liking it and, and being anxious and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but it's like you're constantly trying to put those positive things in and build the relationship. And then when you need to, you can take it out. Sometimes yeah. you need to take it all out. Sometimes you take it all out too much and you need to build it back up mm -hmm. again. But that's mm -hmm. a great analogy that I like, especially for, for coaching and teaching. Um, and it yeah. sounds like obviously with Chris and with, with Adrian – yeah. Why did I forget his name? I don't know why I just forgot his name. Um, do you probably had a lot in the emotional piggy bank. So when they need to take it out, when you're out of line or doing something wrong, it doesn't yeah. affect you. And you, you say that even though Chris was yelly and, and, and like that, like the traditional coaching style, getting technicals and whatnot, you still had yeah. a good time. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So that's dope. But no, it, that's dope. it was more of like a off the court kind of stuff that we had with Chris that I really liked about him. It's not mm. really much on. It definitely was on the court, but most of it was off the court. And I actually liked about him because he kind of, he'd like, he would always take us one on one. He would always talk about what we're going to do, what goals yeah. I have for you. He was always that kind of coach. So, yeah. Mm. But I really so, really liked. taking the time to talk to each one of you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dope. I remember, I remember that really well. <laughs> mm. That's dope. Um, Let's get into sort of the, the, the final season at Westlake with with year 13. Um, what was that like overall? Like, let's just discuss the, the premiership basketball experience. What was that like for you overall, you know, like playing prams um, and, and playing in tournaments, going to nationals and whatnot, just in general? Um, it was definitely really good, I yeah. reckon. Really good experience to have. But just there was there was some positives and some negatives. I actually didn't mm. even go to nationals. I got told not to. So, oh, wow. yeah, kind of. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's tough. But they kind of like put someone in front of me, which I didn't really mm. think would be, but I'm not going to name names and all that sort of stuff. No, yeah, yeah. It definitely was a positive outcome, though, I reckon. How was it positive? How was it positive? Let's walk through that. 
Um, just kind of creating creating the re- relationship between the coaches, the assistant coaches, which is Kane. Um, oh yeah, true, true. I forgot about that. Yeah, I was under Kane, and, <laughs> <laughs> and then creating the relationships with the players. Like it was, they were scattered out from like year eleven to like thirteen. Mm. But yeah, playing with them was probably the like the trainings. I remember were probably the best moments I've ever had. They always had morning trainings from, I think it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. Well, maybe they skipped Friday because it was a game. And then they would always have Tuesday and Thursday um, kind of after school trainings. I yep. think I think I went to like every single training apart from one or two, mm. which is, yeah. I reckon that sets probably the biggest impact if for you guys not attending training, I reckon you. <laughs> I advise you, I advise you to. Because it really yeah. does the time for the coaches, like perspective on you and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, mm, dope. Um, but that's that's cool. Like I think uh, having the opportunity to train a lot is is a huge benefit and one thing that I think should every player should have access to. Um, having multiple opportunities to get in the gym, regardless of what it is, training, open gym, whatever. Uh, that's cool. So you know, sort of year thirteen. The year thirteen finishes. What What's your thoughts, sort of, during year thirteen on on what's next for you and and what you want to do? Oh yeah, during year thirteen, I really wanted to get an American scholarship, but yeah, I like yeah, Zach so pulled us aside and he told us what the goals like are academically and tem- like basketball wise, and I like I pretty much set the bar high for myself, but didn't really come to come to come to the conclusion that. I was going to do that since I didn't really get many minutes, couldn't really get many highlights for myself. Mm. So kind of kind of took a like a downfall on it. But mm. at the end of the season, I was like, because I didn't, um, I'd actually didn't even go to one of my exams because I, oh. I knew I was going to fail. I like knew I was going to fail. Why but didn't you go to your go. exam? I, I had no idea what I was doing. I knew I was just going to fail. So, but I, I ended up <laughs> passing with NC, NCA, and then I. Oh, that's when I decided, you know what, I'm going to do sport and recreation and start my coaching kind of side. Mm. Yeah. Kind so, of all went. That's cool. And so you started that last year at sport and rec? Coaching? Uh, oh, no, your sport yeah, and rec degree. I, yeah, last year. Last year yeah. Okay, right. And so you I'm also started year. coaching last year as well? I started assistant coaching for Kane last year. All right. Yeah, walk yeah. us through what was the sort of the transition from from coaching, or oh, sorry, from playing to coaching. What was that like? It was diff. Um, yeah, it was probably like the most impactful experience, I reckon. How so? Um, like you, you can take control of the game as a coach instead of being the player sitting on the bench. You can't really do much. Mm. You know? And like, mm. um, I always look at the. Look at the like kind of like underrated kids in a sense. They're kind of like undershadowed kids. So if yeah. yeah, yeah. So if there was like a trial and there was two courts, one with the kind of not so good players, one with the, I would always go to the not so good players, always because that I, I would always give them a chance, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Because because I know those good kids have a chance, but I know that yeah. So that's kind of like because I was always that kind of guy that was not so good. Mm. So I, I like, yeah. When, when transitioning from coaching, I like playing to coaching. Mm. So 
now this year you're head coaching the team that you assistant coached last year um, what's it like being a head coach now going from from playing to assistant coaching and sort of learning about it from Kane and then now head coaching what's what's that experience been like I, I reckon Kane actually taught me so much it was Kane and Vince that yep. taught me so much like going to assistant coaching I didn't really think much much of it I was just mm. like oh, I'm gonna be there for the kids I'm just gonna kind of mm. be on the sideline not really do much but that was kind of like the first few games where I didn't really do much. And then Kane told me like, yo, you need to kind of contribute and talk to the players and what do they need to do positively? <laughs> yeah. Like, and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But transitioning from kind of assistant to being head coach, it was kind of like, wow, I actually have, I have the full control of everyone on what to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kaylin, my sister coach now, I just kind of pretty much rely on him to like talk to the players, like what do they need to do? Cause he's like an ex rangy player, rangy yeah. prems player. And he, yeah. and he was so into coaching. So I was like, Oh, you'll just jump on board. I'll show you what to do and sort of that sort of stuff. But yeah, yeah. Pretty much how it went, bro. Hmm. Um, before all this happened, what was the biggest thing you had? What was the biggest thing I guess you were working on in terms of your, your coaching for, for being a head coach? What's the biggest thing you were trying to improve on at the moment in terms of coaching? Definitely connecting with them personally. Connecting mm. with them personally take, just takes to a whole new level, like I said before. Mm. I reckon. Mm. Just. So how do you think that like Chris and Adrian, those guys who really had an impact on you as your coaches, how do you think their coaching has impacted your coaching? Like, what, Have you taken anything from what they did or, or you know, how, oh, yeah, how I def- have they impacted you? I definitely just, you know, how they just, um, Chris always did that as well. He would always just take me aside say little things I, I always do that to my players now like mm. when they're upstairs i always say hey come on you can do this you can do all this sort of stuff i just give them this motivational kind of 15 second speech yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like you say chris did just that quick 30 seconds or sorry adrian that quick 30 seconds adrian, after yeah. the game yeah yeah that's dope yeah. and that's often all the, all the time it takes yeah exactly mm. All right, so let's get into sort of what it's like at studying because you're you're doing sport and recreation. Could you walk us through sort of what what, what is sport and recreation? Um, what's the degree about? Um, what it is is there's multiple majors in this one sort of sport and recreation kind of degree. So you have all these majors like from outdoor to like sport and exercise science to PE teaching to coaching mm. and everyone goes through the first year doing kind of there was like there's like one paper from each major yeah to like find out like kind of like find out what you want to do in the sort of sense but even though you've picked out what you want to do at the start you kind of go <laughs> through it yeah and then you go um i actually remember last year like we went on these amazing outdoor trips I actually enjoyed mm. it really like quite a lot whereabouts did you go uh, on yours um I don't know where it was. It was like <laughs> up north, up north, a couple of hours, and we just kind of yeah. pitched it. We went kayaking for oh my god, the longest time. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, we like we would kayak, camp at like an island, and kayak mm. again, camp at another island, and all that sort of mm. stuff. And then carrying it, carrying from my first year to second year, it definitely is like, like a pretty big gap. Mm. A pretty big just jump i guess yeah um because you go into your particular major mm. and like yeah 
going like for myself going to sport exercise science there's like no more outdoor there's no more anything but i actually quite like quite quite enjoy the sport exercise science like learning about your body how it works what mm. it does yeah and all that sort of stuff so mm. dope so what's your goal for like the next like what, what are you trying to achieve from from doing the sporting recreation paper over going and studying something else or perhaps going and working like what's your ultimate goal by the end or, or sort of fuse down the line of finishing the degree just anything to do with fitness anything to do with fitness i reckon yeah whether it is a pt or a, i don't know yeah just anything to do with fitness i just don't mm. want to i'm not really into that kind of sitting at your desk looking at a just a document going through it <laughs> no, I'm, not really, I'm not really yeah. like one of those guys eh? putting things into it no nah, fair enough that's fair. <laughs> do you think that yeah. you'll continue coaching or is sort of coaching something you're doing at the moment or Oh, I definitely, you definitely think I'd continue with coaching, eh? Dope, yeah. Yeah. What it's makes you say you want to continue? Um, just, I don't know. The kids that I coach right now are just probably the best team I've ever had. Yeah. It's, it's making it so enjoyable. It kind of takes you from all the stress you have from outside of coaching. Mm. Like all the kids just make it so much better. Mm. and they kind of like calm you down the stress levels go down anxiety goes down man you got a good team <laughs> nah. yeah my team's the opposite of that <laughs> so, so, no, i'm just joking <laughs> some of the some of them are rascals don't want to name them because they probably will yeah. watch this some of them for actually follow you i think but oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm glad they better i'm uh, kidding i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> no but that, that's cool and it's interesting you, you speak on on how sort of going to coaching and, and being with kids sometimes can actually be a huge positive thing of because, you know, oh, yeah. like this, I don't mean this to be, to be offensive, but like they're very childish. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. not necessarily a bad thing. You know, they, they know how to, when you're like 13, 14, you kind of still know how to have fun and just be yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, the perils of high school haven't tainted you yet and you're not, you know, super worried about, <laughs> about fitting in and, and whatnot. Because I find mm. sort of as you progress up, kids get a lot different. You know, like we see the, the big dropout from 15s to 17s as, as kids mature and yeah. sort of either realize who they want to be or get molded by, by everybody else and, and, and sort of no longer be who they want to be and they try to fit yeah. in or whatever. Um, but it's, it's interesting you speak on that, how just like being around them is just refreshing. And I think like yeah. a lot of lecturers at, at university, for example, um, they continue to do it because they like being around young people and they feel like it helps them feel young. Um, All right. I like I know I had a I had a, a biology teacher at high school who she was like some like really high up microbiologist person like millions yeah. of dollars lots of money and then she just came back and became yeah. a science teacher because she just wanted to be around young people again um, so it's interesting cool. even though yeah, even though you are still because you're are you 19 or 20 now or you just turned 19? 19 just turned 19 okay yeah my bad I always get it wrong I always get like young ass um yeah. <laughs> but yeah like so if you're you know you're 19 and there you know 13 14 the age gap isn't that big but it's amazing how that being around kids can make you feel so like refreshed yeah. and, and young from a from a long sort of long day let's go yeah let's get into the the rapid fire round i have a few questions Ooh, um okay sort Happy. of some random scenarios and things <laughs> like that. the first question is if, if right now you were looking at you're sitting with you when you were like 13 starting high school what was what is one thing you would tell yourself to do differently be a lot more confident in myself, definitely. Mm. Be a lot more confident. Because I think a lot of people say that, but like for me, what what do you think you would need to do? Like, let's say that some thirteen year old is, is sitting here listening to this for whatever reason. Um, 
and they have the yeah. same issue like what would you say to them that they need to do to be more what is it that what's the actual process of becoming more confident i guess for you asking questions asking questions is the number i reckon number one thing yeah. it shows the coach that you're actually like intrigued or staying locked in mm. number one is probably questions um going against that number one two guy keep going at it mm. Conf- like confidence wise but yeah sweet so confidence would be the big thing for you to improve on that's dope yeah. um oftentimes it, it is quite confidence is probably one of the, the easiest things to build up or probably the easiest thing to, to rip down at the same time yeah, um, hard. yeah. but that, that, that's tough and you know we could spend hours talking about you know different theories and, and whatnot but we want because for four hour make a three thousand long like joe rogan type I'm, podcast um, i'm just waiting for the quick fire question of what's your favorite team and i know <laughs> Oh, no, nah, that ain't coming. I'm, I'm giving you good quick fire questions, man. Not these boring small talk questions, man. Those are boring. I hate those podcasts. Which is the same shit anyway. Um, all right. Okay, and this is the next question. Harbour Basketball has organized a weekend tournament to make up for the loss of the rep season. It's going to happen. This is a fake scenario, by the way. It's not real. Um, the, yeah. the tournament is next weekend. Jacinda Ardern announces level two tomorrow or today at one. Um, and you have one training. What are you working on with your team? You have a tournament on the weekend. If you win, oh, you're at the top team. You've got question. one training. you got one training. What are you working on? An hour and a half, spacing. two hoops. Spacing. spacing. Okay. Spacing. Right. Number one thing, spacing, because I don't want my guys bunching up in one corner, <laughs> wanting to shoot that corner three. Nah. <laughs> All right. Just spa- yeah, so, spacing definitely is my number one. So you would work on spacing for an hour and a half, or would you work- you've got an hour and a half, two hoops, so, you would just work on spacing? Um... That's a good question, actually. I like, I like that. Mm. Um, definitely work on man defense one on one. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's the one nice. thing. Yep. I I I, I praise that, and yep. yeah, just spacing, spacing right. and one on one defense. That's got you. Nice. Got you. All right, that's a good set. Yeah, that's, that's the thing I'm trying to think of of, of things that could happen that, that mm. very well might happen. Who knows? So it might not haven't, be haven't thought BS of that. right now. No, yeah. So <laughs> that's the thing is we need to be thinking about that. Um, next rapid fire question is: We get back to it, right? Same same tournament. You you've had your one training. It's the same same weekend tournament, but every single game five players are banned, and you're only left with five players. Okay, so you have five players each game. Five players get banned and it's at random to make the tournament fair because all the Harbour teams are playing in it because coronavirus, yeah. etc. Okay, so five players are banned. What are you doing differently to make sure your five players can play that 40-minute game and be effective? Half-court man, we are not <laughs> We are not playing any full-court man at all. Okay. I'm going to... Uh, how many timeouts? It's two timeouts a half, right? Uh, two and then three. I strategically call my timeouts. Yeah. To get them, get them like just some energy back. And what else would I do? We can't play zone. Um, under fifteen. Nope, no zone. <laughs> no zone. Um, yeah, I, don't, I can't think of anything else. All right, that's fine. Okay, next yeah. question. All right, you're playing in the same tournament. They've removed the five ban rule, and now they're yeah. banning three players. So you only have eight players. 
Do you pull a player out in the first quarter if he has two fouls? Yes or no? You have eight players. If he has two fouls? So he yeah, he first first play, stupid reach in gets a foul. Uh five minutes into the quarter, he gets a blocking foul or something. So he's got two fouls. Do you pull him out? He's your no. best player. Do you pull him out or leave him in? Oh, best player. Uh yes. Pull him out. Pull him out? Okay, interesting. He's your worst player. Do you pull him out? Leave him out there. Pull him out. Mm, okay, so it's the same for both? Yeah, I'm, I'm making everyone feel as equal as they can. That's my nice. number one thing. Nice. <laughs> I like that. I like that. These are the good coaching scenario questions. All right. You're up by three points. The other team has yep. the ball with 10 seconds left, sideline out of bounds. Are you fouling and making them shoot free throws or just guarding them and hope that to God they don't make a three? Now, this is the one thing. <laughs> I don't know if it's Steve Van Gundy or something. He was always foul the ball, foul the ball whenever yeah. the ball goes in in NBA. Yeah. I reckon just play it out. Got you. So you'd rather them play just try and jack it up and if they make it, they make it? Yeah. All, yeah, definitely. No okay. fouling, just hands up. All right, they have 10 seconds though. This is a long time. 10 seconds. Nah, I'll stay with it. I'm staying with it. <laughs> all right, all right. They have an inbound. They have three seconds. Same situation, but they have three seconds on the clock. Same same thing, fouling or are you you're letting them shoot it? I'm letting them shoot it. All right. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Um, so those are the sort of coaching scenario questions. Um, I wanted to add a little rapid fire coaching scenario. If I have coaches on here, and yeah. I'll add a playing scenario for the players. Um, the next sort of rapid fiery questions is what's the first thing you're going to do when level two is announced? Or when, sorry, we're out of level three and it's level two. What's the first thing you're going to go and do? First thing I'm going to do is go to an outdoor hoop. Second thing I'm going to do, oh, train with you. Hopefully. And hopefully and third thing i'm gonna to go to the gym those are my top true. three gyms are opening top three. true true think, i reckon they're gonna have like a kind of like phase people like, stage. like people limit they're gonna i reckon yeah. they're gonna have a time limit too and all that sort of shit so. i'm actually excited like i to be i the one thing i hate about going to the gym is like there's there's too many people i, I i'm very like to myself i don't like and then like yeah. especially at the ymca yeah. no offense to the ymca and no offense people there but like a lot of people who are in the older demographic and they don't have headphones and they want to talk to you the whole time so yeah, i'm actually kind of looking forward to it there are some there's some huge benefits of people like like me who's very introverted i don't like talking to people who i don't know um so everyone <laughs> like leaves you alone now it's it's very i don't yeah, know if you've gone exactly. for if you've gone outside much during this time, but like even just going out for a, for a walk, people are like scared, man. It's crazy. Like you walk past someone, people like give you this huge distance. Like I just say what's up to people, you know, say good morning, hi, what's up. Yeah. People are like, oh, yeah, oh, oh. yeah, I know. They're like, funny, what the fuck? man. <laughs> yeah, sort of like the young people, the older people, they're normal, everything's fine. But like the, the younger people, are like, oh my goodness, what? Huh? Another human? So that's quite funny. Mm, yeah. All right, so first thing you're gonna do, train. Fair enough. I need to get a haircut, man. I can't wait till this, I get the notification when my booking is. Oh so yes, not. yes. I need to fix up my cut real quick. <laughs> That's <laughs> why I didn't DIY mine because I'm like, well, if I DIY, I'm just gonna ruin it. So I was like, I'm just gonna let it grow out. It's so long, man. Um, yeah. Next rapid fire question. You're okay. Well, because you still play. You play for AT, so we'll ask you some playing questions. Um, your teammate is so same situation as before, right? Ten seconds. Um, you're on the inbound. Your coach has drawn up a play for you guys to shoot a three. The play is not for you. 
Do you either yeah. A, do your job, or try to get the ball somehow and shoot it? Do you Nick Young it and steal it off Kobe and jack it up and make it, or are you just going to go do your role? Uh, I'm going to do my role. I'm going to do my right, role. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, I, I'm not going to swaggy pee that. I, that, I love that. That's my favorite clip, man. Imagine yeah. stealing the ball off Kobe and then hitting a game-winning three. That's tough. And um, the Jeremy Lin, like, waving him off. You're seeing that? There's, like, so much shit on there. Yeah. That's, that's, that stuff's crack up. All right. Next playing question. You're driving at a big. What are you doing? You, you shooting a floater at the big or are you trying to finish at the rim? Tough. Oh, shit. Um... Like actual big, like seven footer, like Stephen. Yeah, type actual guy. big, actual big. Do you trust Fuck, your floater? Or you trust your finish? You got it. You got it. You got to finish. Like you're not the passing is an option. Are you shooting yeah, yeah, floater? Yeah. Or are you trying to get at the rim and finish? Are we talking driving from the three point line? Right. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking like you've caught it on the perimeter. You've beat the first line of defense. You're attacking downhill. There's a big. You're going to finish floater or at the rim? Floater. All right. All right. Fair enough. You trust your floater. Yeah. Why would you do a floater instead of trying to trying to challenge him at the rim, make some contact, and finish? Why why the floater? Yeah, I, I was thinking about that. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess not, don't want to get injured. No, no. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It just it feels like an easier shot, I guess. Fair I enough. Know. All right. Yeah. Fi- final rapid fire question. Game winner. If the this this NBA player misses the game winner, you die. Who are you giving the ball to? They have to hit a three for the game, and if they miss it, you die. J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith. Wow. Are you sure he wouldn't just like do something stupid? No, no, no. I trust him. I'm a New York Knicks wow. fan. He's well, got so many tough. game with us for us. Oh, actually, it would either be J.R. Smith or Carmelo Anthony. You got to pick one. You got to pick one. There's no there's no one of the two. You die if he misses. This isn't like you lose ten grand. You die. Life is over. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my money on Melo. I'm gonna put my money. Melo's right, my favorite player. Melo's my favorite fair player. Fair enough. So I'm gonna go with him. Fair enough. No, but I, I appreciate you, you coming on and, and sharing about your playing, your playing journey, and and sort of it, it's interesting to hear again different stories and and sort of you. Sh- I appreciate you sharing a little more deeply about you know the anxiety and, and the nervousness and the, the confidence and, and whatnot because i feel a lot of players go through the same thing um it's this is not a very uncommon thing and i think it's just getting not more and more common i think it's more and more accepted that this is a thing yeah. now I, I definitely don't think yeah. it's more maybe it is more common now but i think for the most part more people are speaking up about it um, yeah, exactly. so it's really important i think to, to share that and understand that like we all go through this to an extent like Tyrese Maxey there was a, the ESPN film episode with him and he said the same thing like he gets nervous for every single game and, and this is an NBA yeah. draft pick mm-hmm. uh, well I'm assuming yeah. it will be an NBA draft pick um, yeah. so it's, it's a very yeah. normal thing and I think it's important to, to have those conversations and then I appreciate you sharing sort of the how you took those those good coaching experiences and uh, implement into your coaching now and and sort yeah. of sharing about what you're trying to do and achieve in the next few years with your sporting science degree uh, which should be dope sweet no, but I appreciate yeah, you coming on. Do you have any any final comments? Um, just for those guys who who are being kind of overlooked, you do have a chance. You like just stay motivated, stay confident, always work on your game. Just yeah, keep balling, pretty much. Yeah, Facts. and appreciate and you, something else. My bad. Hold on, something else. 
We need more Knicks fans. We need more oh Knicks fans God. in this community. <laughs> nah, when they get I'm done, good, I'm done. <laughs> when I'm done. <laughs> right, nah, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you sharing that.